Welcome back to Past Tens, a Top 10 Time Machine, the podcast where we go back in time and look at the Billboard charts, the top 10 for a given day in the past, and then we break down all the ups and downs and the likes and dislikes of that week in music. My name is David Yaz, but more importantly, hot funk, cool punk, even if it's old junk, it's still his podcast. It's the Jarmeister, Michael Milt Wolf. Thank you. Thank you, David. David, I cannot believe you're saying this is my podcast. I thought this was our podcast. It Are just, you blaming? You putting it all on me now? It's both of our podcasts. I, I don't know. I just it happened to fit with the clever line I was trying to do. Thanks for ruining well, I it. Do, I do. Look, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be here yes. uh, back in the time machine. Um, I do have a, a bone to pick with you that a reader has passed oh. on and asked me to express to you. Okay. Like me on our last podcast, which was uh, take a, took us back to 1974, if right. I'm correct. Lisa. He was similarly appalled yeah. that you had not seen the sting. So oh. I've got two questions <laughs> that he wants to ask. One, oh boy. he wants to find out, have you seen it since we taped that show? Um, or is this, is the truth serum in, in effect Damn here? You. I have not seen it yet. I, come on. Doesn't everybody have one or two movies like that? Don't you so have, do you have one? What's yours? I knew you were going to say no. My, my, I have a few. Until recently, I had not seen the sound of music from beginning to end. So I, I finally I got sucked into that. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> well, this, then you're almost answering my I question. Know. He What's gave me point? a list of films oh, okay. he wanted me to ask you. Oh, this is fun. Seen, okay, good. Have you, that are similar to Missing the Sting. Okay. Have you ever seen Airplane? Yes, of course. Have you seen The Godfather? Of course. Have you seen Star Wars? Of course. Now I get the, the he's he's being ironical, so I'm going to stop. Have you the seen sound now the last okay. two? Yep. Have you seen all the President's Men? Yes. Although I admit I, I only saw it like three years ago for the first time, but wow. I've seen it. Yes. Kramer versus Kramer. Those were the five he wanted to know if you've seen. Mm. Wow. I, I have never seen David. <laughs> and and yet you're hosting a. You're lucky this is a music podcast. Well, if you, it was film. You'd be just shot out of a cannon. You're kind of picking like high high minded high culture projects uh, films because and and as further evidence of admitting that I have none, meaning no high culture and I good taste or whatever. I was on a Zoom call the other day and someone it was kind of a big group. They said, let's go around the call and everybody recommend a good book that you've just read. Uh oh, uh -oh. not, not said, Dave's territory. I, I literally said I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommend but I could recommend a documentary. That's not bad. It's kind of Dave. the TV version of a book. Dave's dumb. <laughs> He's dumb. Yeah. Uh, well, look, you're the one who picked me as your podcast partner. We're not here really to talk about movies, right? We're here to talk about music, to get that nostalgic feeling when we go back in time and listen to the top 10 songs of that given week, mm -hmm. find out whether they hold up or not. We've Look, 74 was an interesting ride. I wouldn't say it was a great one, but mm -hmm. it was interesting. It's always interesting. Yes. But I want to find out where the machine is taking us now, Dave. Let's, Forget, let's, let's not look back. Let's look forward let's by wait. looking back. Right. This is what we do. We rehearsed that whole bit right there. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. Are you? I am absolutely ready. Let's get in the machine. Let's here. See go. Where Let's do it. Melt. <coughs> Not a COVID cough. The time machine has taken us back to the week ending June 28th, 1980. Oh, yeah. Nineteen eighty. All right, man. so we're jumping a little bit further forward, about six years, but we're breaking into the eighties. So we're back pretty... in the eighties. We haven't been here for a while, right? Yeah, that's right. And there've been 
some demand among our fans to go back to the I 80s. Know. So I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Here we are. Well, let's uh, put a little context on this, ready? So the week ending June 28th, 1980, this is what happened in history. Roberto Duran took the WBA welterweight title from Sugar Ray Leonard in a unanimous decision that was called the Brawl in Montreal. This is not the, the No Mas, Mas fight. fight. Right. No Mas, it was in 1980, but it was, I think, in November. So this was what set up the No Mas fight. No Mas, of course, famously the, the fight where he, he just didn't report to the middle of the ring. He basically quit, and his words were No Mas, of course, meaning no he more. He claims Did- now that... Um, he didn't feel like Sugar Ray Leonard was up to his standards. So, you know, that's why he was calling it off because, like, this is a joke. I shouldn't even be here. Which is well, cool. they did a 30 for 30 on this, and they yeah. reunited Leonard and Duran thinking it was going to be some big admission, confession, come to Jesus talk. And did you see it? When they fin- don't when they f- remember. When they finally met, it was kind of like, well, did you meet or not? And Duran was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was such <laughs> a letdown. It was it's like... Geraldo like Rivera and Al Capone's oh like, oh, bummer. I was just going to say that. Uh, this is scary. I was just going to say that. It was like, it was like Al Capone's fault. Yep. We don't rehearse this stuff. Yeah, I know. Also this week, Dave, yep. the David Letterman show premiered on NBC. Uh-huh. However, all, all hail Dave. it was the David Letterman show in daytime television. Yeah. Not late night. He had that whole thing. And then the daytime show actually failed, if memory serves. It lasted only four months. Wow. Yeah. Four well, disa- well, it was a disaster. Well, I mean, let's face it. He's late. He's a late night. Well, we now know that he's a late night guy. His weird, irreverent brand of humor wouldn't probably wouldn't work among not the at all viewers totally of, you misplaced know. but give nbc credit for recognizing the fact yeah. the guy had something we just got to find the place for it right yeah exactly he was probably under contract he was like, he, throw him on he was a staple of our youth like in in high school and then college if you were up late you were going to watch letterman and some of the stuff he did was so freaking funny I, I i always wondered why when a, when saturday night live went through its slumps why one episode of SNL couldn't be as good as basically any any episode of Letterman. Now, this is an outrage, Dave. Yep. New York City raised its transit fares from 50 cents to 60 cents. Damn. That's an outrage. How did you raise that extra 10 cents a trip? Hard to believe. Yeah. 20%, though. That would piss me off. All <laughs> about the percentages, man. Did that, um, did that make the front page of the Post? Actually, with the Post, probably. it probably did. Probably yeah. did. Yep. Uh, this is a shame. A local Florida DJ set a Guinness world, uh, world record by riding a roller coaster for 368 consecutive hours. Oh, God. Are you going to you gonna make a vomit joke now? 16 days. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. 16 Wait, days. This is one of those phony ones, though, because he obviously got off to go to the bathroom or eat. He right? took a 10-minute break, I think, or five-minute break once an hour. Okay. Something like that. Well, I might be able to do that. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to, but... Yeah. No, I'm out. Let's wish some. Can happy you imagine if it were if it were the days of cell phone and he just was carrying on his usual kind of life? How you doing, Bob? Ah, I'm okay. How are you? Doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> birthdays, yes. Let's wish yeah. um, happy birthdays, Dave, to actress Minka Kelly, actor mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman, mm. and get this, Michael Vick, and all these guys. I guess are turning uh, turning forty. Yeah. Week, right. Yeah. They're all kind of washed up. <laughs> Wait, Jason Schwartzman is the guy in, in all the um, movies with um, Wes Anderson movies, right? Isn't Correct. that him? And he was in um, Scott Pilgrim Saves, Saves the, the World, World or whatever, yeah. which is a yeah. cult classic. Love that movie. I, I like him in pretty much any. I mean, his best. what's his best movie, do you think? I have um, one in my head. Definitely Rushmore. Yeah, that's exactly what I had in my head. He, he's just so irresistible. He, he was perfect for Wes Anderson. 
took took everything way too seriously and like yet in a kind of endearing way. Go Jason Schwartzman. Yep. Hard to believe Michael Vick's 40, by the way. But yeah. uh number one movie, uh small film that very few people saw, so they must have buried it at the end of June. It was called The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that hit number one. By the way, you saw that one? Introduced yes, I come on. I'm, you know, I'm I'm good on my Star Wars. That introduced the Imperial March. Mm, 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 oh, mm, that wasn't mm, the original. Was not in the original. Yeah. Ooh, that's good trivia, man. And it, well, it just goes to show John Williams is a genius. It's like he creates this this sweeping, majestic song, theme for Star Wars, which is iconic. And then the second movie, you got to come up with something new for the bad guy. And sure enough, it, oh, that, doesn't geez. that capture Darth Vader perfectly? Nails it. Yeah. Nails it. Number one TV show of the week. I'm surprised we haven't talked about this one before. I don't know if you want to try to guess it. 1980. Uh, okay, wait, hold on. 1980. Three's Company. No. Okay. But you're, it's half an hour show. So you're uh, close. The Ropers. No. Uh, and it was and it's a comedy. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. I didn't know uh, what this is. Uh, okay. The finale was uh, the biggest rated show of all time when it aired. Mash or New Hope? Mash. Mash, Mash was okay. the number one TV show. Yeah. June 28th, 1980. Let's okay. get back in the machine and find out what the top 10 songs of the week are. Okay. Here we go. Number 10. Well, I don't know if that's uplift. So I'll far, be talking about so far, right here. So far, it sounds like an after-school special. It's coming. Are we gonna wait for him to sing? Is, is, he sings in here. Here we go. No. She's out of my life. Took you long enough, Michael. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. One more time. Out of my life. Okay, Dave. Of course, this yeah. is Michael Jackson's "She's Out of My Life," which. Right. Um, Peaks here at number 10. I, I thought this was a bigger hit. I mean, look, it's a top 10 hit, so let's not denigrate it and all, but this is it. It stops at number 10. But this did make Michael the first solo artist to have four top 10s from one album. You know, it was later in the 80s where artists were releasing albums that had five, six, seven top 10 hits, right? Right. This was the first time a solo artist ever had four from one album, and this is the song that made it happen. Wow. And it's just, pre- well, this is on Off the Wall. I take it. This is off the wall. I yeah. should have mentioned this yeah. is not Thriller. Thriller is one of those albums that just everything hit. Everything. A testament to his the greatness of his library that he broke records with this album and then completely crushed them with his with a was it the, the follow up album was Thriller right Thriller after that? I guess it was yeah. right after yeah, yeah. this, okay. and that was it. This this is not a Michael Jackson pen song. It was written by a singer by the name of Tom Baller, I believe. Who it was rumored that this song was about his breakup with Karen Carpenter oh, of all boy. people. Hmm was not the case. It was actually about a woman named Rhonda Rivera who broke up with him. Mm-hmm. And get this, Rhonda Rivera went on to marry John Davidson from That's Incredible. <laughs> and the John Davidson show. And, oh, I forgot about the John Davidson and show. And the right. Poofy Hair Hall of Fame. Also, yeah, John Davidson show, he memorably interviewed Ringo Starr who refused to answer any of his questions and just goofed on him and grabbed his, his note cards right out of his hand. Correct. <laughs> Go back correct. and YouTube that. Anyway. That's exactly right. Um, anyway, Quincy Jones got a hold of this. You know, Quincy was Michael's producer for these uh, massive solo albums. Of of his. He got a hold of this song, did not want to give it to Michael Jackson at first. In fact, it was intended 
for Frank Sinatra to record this song, which mm. is hard to believe. Can you think of Frank? It would be. A, it might be good. It would be a completely different song. I, well, I he think. wouldn't. Frank would not have cried at the end. Now, this song, as we all know, is famous, and we'll get to it in a minute. It was famous at the very end, where literally Michael Jackson breaks down and cries at mm. the end, and what? we'll play that in a minute. It turned out that Quincy and Michael recorded this multiple times, you know, to get the best take. Right. And every single time, Michael started crying at the end of the song. What so a wuss, man! Like, <laughs> no, wait. Do we know why he was crying? Is this it? Hold on. Turn it up. (laughs) Look, very emotional. I get it. Okay. Unfortunately for our generation, this song was ruined or perhaps made even better by, I think, the greatest stand-up comedy act of all time, which we've discussed before, Eddie Murphy's Delirious, right? And you've got to play the clip of this because you can't talk about the song without putting Eddie on the mic. No doubt. Here he is. That shit up. Mike know too. He be using women in concert. I seen Mike walk up to girls and stay being an audience. He say, is it all right if I come down there and sing to you? <laughs> and the women go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Then if you, if you don't scream, Mike will get real sensitive and cry on your ass. <laughs> if you hear that record, she's out of my life, Mike will go, so I've learned that love's not possession. And I've learned love won't win. I've that love needs expression, but I learned to win. Crocodile tears going. Tito, get me some tissue. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I, that's that's one of these things where you remember things and not necessarily the way they are. Not that it's a big deal, but I remember him saying, "Tito, get me a tissue." Not Tito, yeah, get me some no. tissue. Give me anyway, some tissue. Yeah, but yeah. Tito, get me some tissue is now more famous than the song itself. Yeah, we we, we were talking about this before we started recording. I I'm. Sure. And listeners, you can tell us otherwise, but I bet you you didn't know that it was this song that um, Eddie Murphy was goofing on. And by the way, Eddie Murphy underrated as an impressionist. Huh? Well, wait a minute. This was the moment where we all realized, wait a minute, Eddie Murphy can sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not bad, right? Yeah. He, he Unfortunately, he sang party all the party time. But, uh, but, we'll later, someday. but later in the movie version of what was it what's it uh, uh it's not sh- i want to say showgirls that's the that's the heart. uh no it was uh, uh dream, dream girls. girls dream girls yeah, yeah. he sings he and that's very good right and on snl when he did the bit which was hilarious alongside stevie wonder where he imitated stevie wonder he was he was spot on right? don't get me started on james brown celebrity Hot uh-huh. anyway this song um you know you got to appreciate it in context it was extraordinarily emotional at the time Mm-hmm. but has been eclipsed by its um, ending. Would you agree? Um, I don't know. It, it, it's. I think it's, if possible, an underrated Michael Jackson song. And it to me, it, it actually holds up. I don't know. I haven't heard it in ages, but I love that. Um, and Quincy probably gets the credit for this, that opening little xylophone riff or whatever you call that, the bing, bing, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. That, that sounds iconic to me. 
I love his voice in it. I mean, it's sappy, of course, but at least it's he's stripped, not. What what holds it up is it's stripped down. Yeah. So it's uh, other than the intro, which is obviously very sappy, whatever. The rest of the song is stripped down. So therefore, it hasn't dated like a lot of other ballads from this era, yeah. which maybe some of which we'll hear today. Maybe not. I don't know. I like the song. I like his little vibrato. The, you know, uh, only he can do. Yeah, and we're not even going to go into the whole the Michael Jackson caveats, blah blah blah. No, listen to old podcasts, folks, and you'll get our feelings about listening to Michael's music. It's complicated, but we've managed to deal with it. Although I used that today, the, the, our, we had the long discussion about how Milton and I mostly agree that we can still enjoy his music despite the fact that he's done completely unfathomably horrible things. I used that today in an argument where <laughs> my brother Matt, shout out Matt, has announced that he is not watching pro football ever again, and he's one of the biggest fans i've ever known wow. because of, can you guess like why cam newton, I guess, huh? no 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 it wasn't that it wasn't that yeah it, as we record this cam newton just signed with the patriots yesterday no it, matt is so troubled by the cte thing and that it does such damage to young men and hard to argue yeah hard and, to I, argue. and i use the twisted analogy and say hey michael jackson did horrible things but i still listen to his music that, that's air that's airtight right there anyway not really but i'll give it to you <laughs> okay all right. Thanks, Michael. Uh, but no thanks. Um, let's get back in the machine, Dave. Right, let's then. keep the countdown flowing. Okay. Number nine. this one i know in ages have you no and it's great i think you we can we'll get into it we will get into it this is the spinners and this is late stage spinners which i'll tell you about in a minute now this is a medley it's two songs it starts with cupid but then it's cupid slash i've loved you for a long time which that part i don't remember at all we'll We'll let that play in a minute they went with the slash instead of the parentheses and so yeah we'll give them that you're right good on on you yep this was the last of their top 10 hits. They had seven top 10 hits. This was the last one. It's number nine here, but it peaks at number four. And it was part, you know, the spinners were big in the 70s. Yeah. But this was part of a late career resurgence, taken over by a producer named Michael Zagler, I think was his name, and that convinced them to do these medleys of classic soul songs. Mm. And that's what um, Cupid is not a spinner song. It's a famous Sam Cooke record. It's a standard, right? right. What's interesting is that the Sam Cooke song, which was a hit, peaked at number 17. It's the Spinner song that hits the top 10 at number nine and then ultimately peaks at number four. So it was bigger than the original, yeah. which is kind of a but still. Someday we'll have to do a list of our favorite medleys because there, oh, aren't, there, aren't, there aren't that many good ones. There are a few bad ones. Somebody I did one. wait till we get yeah. to stars on 45 someday. Well, that's, oh, that is the standard by which all are measured. But you remember the, the someone, someone did the, the did a uh, medley of some song plus the Peter Frampton song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baby, I love your way yeah. into something else, yeah. right? Yeah, and it was horrible. Remember. I think it was, it was horrible. bad, really <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. And interesting, you know, the second half of the song, you think, okay, they're starting with Cupid. The second half must be some standard also. It's not. It's one of Michael Zagler's original, whatever, you know, he, he was smart. He wanted to get some royalties, so he mm. threw his own song in there. Is it playing right now? Wait, this is still it, right? Or is this still Cupid? Yeah, I think that's I Loved You For A Long Time sort of play. Well, you know what made the chorus so is going to roll around. I'll find it. Right. The bass this is it, in, in the spinners. 
there you go. Yeah, yeah, all right. It's recognizable. Oh, it's catchy. Well, Whoever, because I knew this song, when, this song when it was out, this version yeah. of it. Yeah, right. it did make me wonder. You know, were we starved for soul music when this stuff came out? That it would then hit. Like, okay, so disco happens in the late seventies, which is a very different kind of music. This has a disco beat to it, but it's not disco music. It's soul music. No, were we, it, like, it desperate for it, or was it part of the same thing? I don't know. It, it reminds me a little bit of a song we talked about on a previous pod, um, December 1963, which was, you know, the Four Seasons, but kind of a, a hip hip version of the, the newest hip version. Very similar. Yeah. That's good, Dave. Thank You're you. Right. It's got the same vibe. Right. And as 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 we recount this, going back to 1980, if you had asked me when the song came out, I I probably would have said 76. And and. Because right. it, it's a because it, it's classic spinners, it's classic R and B, and like you say, you've already said it's the it was the tail end of of this era of music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is pretty much it. But look, I I think it's a fun song. I don't know if it holds up great, but it's it because it's a little bit timeless. It feels older yep. than night. When you think of eighties music, you do not think of this exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is okay, I don't mind it. Breaks up the list a little. Yeah, I I should. Oh, sorry. Um, quiet spinners. I just would like to point out that one of the members of the Spinners resembles Daryl from The Office. Thank you. Oh, really? Craig Interesting. Craig you have to get his name. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I hope he's the bass voice. I love the bass voice when he goes, stupid. Yeah. I can't get that low. No, you can't. All right. That's a good one. You're, not, you're, not, the, you're not an Oak Ridge boy. You can't do that. We are. We are I am certainly not. Oh, yeah. Little Elvira. Sure. Get that going. Oof. All right. Back into the machine, Dave. So far, uh, it's been a mellow ride, but a good one. You want Let's the machine? As you wish. Here we go. Number eight. <laughs> Spoiler alert. These guys are white. <laughs> Might surprise some people. Get some groove to it. That's right, Dave. This yeah. is Ambrosia's biggest part of me. Their second and final top ten hit. We played their first one, um, which was, uh, I think it was uh, How Much I Feel we played in. But this is a better song, mind mm-hmm. you. And this is a more classic song. Mm-hmm. They had another big hit. And actually, this is the chorus, right? Yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. This is like a falsetto classic. But you have to go. Ain't no listening. I mean, you don't want me to do it, but this is how I do it. this is how I think I learned the word anew because here it comes. Listen. Oh yeah, he jammed that in there. He clearly needed a word. It's like who friends with new. Well, just do anew. Um, yeah, this was this is by the way. I, I, this may be the definition of yacht rock. We talked about oh, yeah. yacht rock a bunch of times, but and this is sort of the midpoint of the yacht rock era that starts in the mid to late 70s goes into the it's this smooth melodic almost jazzy feeling soft rock that just um has taken a hold now in pop culture and has become a more appreciated uh form of music this was written by a vocalist and lead guitarist named david pack and mm-hmm. this is kind of funny so 
he wrote this by accident. He was literally about to, this is appropriate because of the timing. He was about to leave on a July 4th family road trip to go to some barbecue somewhere. Right. When he realized that he had left his recording equipment on in the studio in his house. Mm. So he just said, all right, give me, give me a couple minutes. I'll, I'm just going to go turn it off. On the way from the car to the studio, he had a pop, a brainstorm said, a brainstorm. oh my God, I've got a melody for a hit song. Hmm. He spent 10 minutes in the studio putting down a track while his family was screaming in the car <laughs> and then came out and said, I think I just wrote a hit song. I've said it before. This is why we're not geniuses, Mill. When right, when I'm right. with my family in the car screaming at them, that's pretty much what I focus on. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing. He was unsure of the song, especially the lyrics. So he actually sent an early demo to none other than Michael McDonald. Oh. That, hey, what do you think of this? And Michael McDonald said, hey, dude, this is a good song. I actually think if Michael McDonald had sung it, it would be even a little better. Don't you think? Can you hear him singing that song? Yes. And a funny story. So he he sent him the song months later. Michael McDonald finally wrote him back and said, hey, listen, I have some ideas for your song. I want to change it to like the biggest part of my heart or something like that and whatever. Mm. And David Pack said, "Uh, dude, we just released it. It's number 40 on the charts. (laughs) Turn on your radio. It's on, idiot. (laughs) That's funny. Um, What's the biggest part of you, Dave? <laughs> it's my big brain. I don't know. I, I, well, it, mine is my head. I got a big ass head. You guys can't <laughs> see it here on YouTube, but this is one big noggin. That's mine. Might be screen. my head too, because I'm. Uh, yeah, I've most hats don't fit me. Wait, is that true? Is do you, do you know what size your head is? I think it's enormous. It's embarrassingly <laughs> large. Oh, what number, you fool! Like well, whatever it is, it, it tips over because of the weight. It's like a bobblehead that can't keep itself up. So I'm just like constantly like leaning. Okay. And the show has reached a new low. Maybe we should, maybe we should share hats someday. You have a funny thing you're about to get to connected to the song, I have a feeling. Well, let's play this. Bad remake. Take cover. Now, we like when people take classic songs and turn them into their own, right? And it's a, it's nice to hear taking interpretations into different forms of music. Reggae is a great, you know, oh boy. form of music, right? Yeah. I don't think it works when Dr. Chico makes it his own. <laughs> Let's listen. Let's find out. <laughs> Does he sing? Yeah. It doesn't get better when it sings either. Yeah. Part of me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mentioned the title. No, no. His voice isn't that bad, actually. No, no, no. The guy's it's name is bad. Dr. Chico. Dr. C-H-E-E-K-O. What state is he a licensed physician in? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's got enormous cheeks, though. That's a... That's a weird one. That's one of those things where you're like, hey, I have a, I have some steel drums here. I could play a version of uh, Biggest Part of Me. Wouldn't that be funny? And everybody laughs. And that's where it should end. Do not if put it on If you're vinyl. not hearing this on the beach in Jamaica, right. it should not be heard Agreed. at all. Agreed. Okay, good. We're there. All right. Yacht Rock Classic. I, I actually, we didn't say whether we like it or not. I, I actually kind of love this song as a guilty pleasure. I don't know if you do, too. I, I like it. it, and it brings back nice memories. I just remember, and, and this whole countdown so far is bringing back nice memories. I remember the Spinner song, the MJ song, and then this one. It was just on the radio all the time, because I just remember we, we, I would look at my friends, and we would all go, we can't start a new... <laughs> because that was the fun part to sing along with. So Make a 
baby. Yeah, it's good. It's not. It's not tired. It's not. Um, no, it, it's no. not one of these pathetic pop songs that was a desperate attempt to be popular. It's a nice song. I like it. And they play all kinds of yacht rock, like reunion shows and stuff like that. So you go, Ambrosia. Ambrosia's still around. But yeah. let's see. Uh, let's see if the uh, the chart fund continues. Let's see if we stay on the boat. Ooh, maybe we will. Number seven. That's a great rock and roll story coming, and I know you're gonna you're gonna tell it. What instrument is what instrument is that twanging right there? What is that? <laughs> That's a jug band. Come on, Robbie. Come on and hold me Just like you told me Then show me What I want to Why don't we do what, Dave? Why don't we steal the Why don't we steal the song? Here we uh, go. Ah, It's a teaser. <laughs> All right, this is another... This is another Yacht Rock classic, my friend. We are definitely in the Mellow Groove section of the past tens. This is Robbie Dupree's Steal Away. It was his only top ten hit. Mm. He was um, from Brooklyn. Which actually means he had zero top ten hits. That's another teaser. Sorry, go ahead. He did have another top 20. So, (laughs) you know, he's not really a one-hit wonder, but, you know, some song called Hot Rod Hearts was his other top 20 hit, which I played and I didn't remember it at all. Yeah, me neither. This is the one. His original name was Robert... Oh, there we go. <laughs> was Robert um, Dupuis, D-U-P-U-I-S, Dupuis? <laughs> so he's Dupuis? embarrassed of his French heritage or something? Yeah. Uh, Although this is funny, Dave. Yeah. He had been, in before he did this hit, he had been in a bunch of different bands, right? One of those bands was called New World Rising mm. with Nile Rodgers wow. in the band with him. Hero of the podcast, Nile Rodgers. We love yeah, our we now Rogers here. Yeah. So maybe we got to throw Robbie some like maybe. association love here. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, he was unsigned and he was actually loading carpets into trucks when his demo got noticed and he was then signed. <laughs> nice. Um, so he's a carpet loader. Robbie, put that carpet down. I got some good news. But as Dave hinted for, the song's called Steal Away, which is ironic because yeah. after the song became a big hit, the Publishers from the aforementioned estate of Michael McDonald mm. gave him a call and said, geez, Robbie, you know, this sounds a little bit like this Doobie Brothers song we just happened to put out a couple of years ago. Can we? We're going to play it? it before we play. Just everyone. everyone we got to play them side by side. Yeah, well, listen to these chimes or, or whatever you call it. Is that synth? What is that? Dun, 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 that right there. Yeah, it's kind okay. of a basic kind of line. Okay, we got it. And now, you want me to play the other one, don't you? I do. I bet you do. Well, hit it, Michael. Mm. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's a shame because, well, you talk first. Look, at first, I didn't actually hear it the first time I did it. Yeah. Back by, but then I did exactly what you did, and yeah. I heard that sort of, bass synthy beat to it the un- the undertone to the song and it was like yep. oh man it's the same song i'm glad we live in the world of the internet now because 
back in the day, we I had heard, I don't know where you hear a rumor about Robbie Dupree, but I, I had heard, or maybe it was there was a note in the paper or something, that he was being sued for stealing the Dewey Brothers' What a Fool Believes. Now, I have a lot of thoughts about this or emotions because this is one of my favorite Doobie Brothers songs. I think it's amazing. It's Michael. So you're, you're outraged. No, I'm not because I actually like, I don't mind Steal Away. It's not as good as this, but but it's it was a good pop song. It was the kind of song you'd like to, to sing along with. And the fact that it's his one, I was goofing before when you said it was his one top 10 hit. And I said, so therefore he has zero top 10 hits because he, <laughs> this isn't, this one kind of doesn't count because, okay, uh, do you want to yeah. finish to tell people what happened? No, actually, I'm not 100%. I know Michael McDonald himself did not sue. So I think they settled quietly kind of thing. But he still plays the song. So it's not that he's forbidden from playing the song. He's another guy that shows up on these Yacht Rock reunion concerts, and this is what he plays, right? Yeah. Um, right. So I feel a little Robbie, bit Robbie, play Hot Rod Hearts! <laughs> well, t- well, see, I thought the story ended with him getting sued, losing all the money, a la Robin Thicke and Blurred Lines. Um, and But I guess that's not the case, I guess. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, I, you and know, then he never again, had another top 10 hit. I, 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 wonder if, I wonder if he wakes up every morning hearing... <laughs> you know what would be funny? If you're at a barbecue with Robbie Dupree and What a Fool Belief comes on the radio, what would you do? Oh, I love this. I mean... <clears throat> sorry, Rob, sorry, Robbie. I know. Sore <laughs> subject, bad. man. Sore subject. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah. But you're right. What? It does. It, 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 it's not... At first, like when we were getting ready to record the pod, I remember... Knowing both songs very well and thinking they're both great songs. Yeah, there's a, but it's just the part that goes, dee, 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 dee. and that could have been, you know, invented, you know, um, independently by the two songwriters. But when we just listen to them back to back, yeah, suspicious. Sorry. Sorry, Robbie. I don't know what happened, but I can confirm that McDonald himself, according to Wikipedia, did not accuse Dupree of oh, stealing okay. the song. But, but his publishers went after him. What happened to that lawsuit? I have no idea. Well, you're probably right. You're probably settled. Yeah. So it's fine. Everybody's Look, it's, it's a nice, happy little song, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I like it. Yeah. I don't mind it. Again, as Yacht Rock goes, you know what it is. Now, a little back to back Yacht Rock might be a little too much to handle. So too the question much, yeah. is yeah. are we going to stay on the boat or are we getting off the boat? Back Tell in us. the machine. Let's go. Okay. Number six. It's not a Yacht Rock song, I don't think. Well, I don't know. We're still on the boat, if you ask me. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're on the boat. Get off my boat. Oh, little Gina. You got so much yeah, The boat's sinking. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, sir. You know, Just not one of his favorites in my well, Go ahead, yeah. It's perfectly pleasant. This is the and this is the name of the song, "The Perfectly Pleasant Little Genie" by Elton John. Not really. No, it's just "Little Genie" by Elton John. Why are you um, trying to fool me? Because I, I almost had you there. I was listening. Well, I was listening to an old because this is what I do. I go back and listen to all of our episodes of our own podcast because that's how pathetic I am. Because you're a narcissist. You right? almost talked me into the fact that the Bay City Rollers was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I went, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. You're like, no. That honestly, of, of life achievements, that would have been right up in my top five if I had managed to pull that off. Pretty good, Frank. Pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, this song is number six here on the countdown. Mil, Mil, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Did you know Robbie Dupree was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You don't get it. Um, it's a, called a callback to the old joke. Oh, I gotcha. So I it's going back. I couldn't have said Elton John isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I presume he is. That would have been a false because he had twenty-seven top ten hits. Yes, um, do you remember, do you know what his real name is? I don't know if we've said this on the air. Um, yeah, 
Reginald something. Reginald. Uh, Close. Oh, it is. It's <laughs> Reginald. Ken- it's a little bit of a trick question because it's oh. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. But his real name is now Elton John. He officially changed it, like legally changed it to Elton John. I think many of us know that because of the movie Rocket Man. Didn't they just call oh. him Reggie when he was a kid? I know you don't like talking about it. I hate that movie. I you hate, hate him dancing with the little baby, little toddler right. um, <laughs> Elton. I just hate that. The little hug at the end. I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> kill the kid. Okay. Um. Look, his singles, Elton John's, this is 1980. His singles were kind of hit and miss at this point. It, they were few and far between, but they every few years, he would have another big hit. This was his biggest hit in five years. It peaks at number three. Right before this, he had made a disco album, like a straight disco album that absolutely bombed. He so he did? decided to do some stuff. Total bomb. You, I can't even remember anything on the album. Oh, my God. So he stopped writing Wait, for a little he, while. Does he uh, separate it apart from that album? Can you name an Elton John disco song? I'm just sort of well. Amazed he had that, that one happened. album. He had an album he made with Philly soul legend Tom Bell with a, a song called "Mama Can't Buy You Love," which was oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I like that song. Okay, love that. Yeah. After that, he did a disco album that, like, apparently, if you play it, you immediately pass out and start to bleed through your nose. <laughs> Which is not good for sales. Yeah, what's weird though, but if you play it, if you bad. if you play it backwards, it's part of a healthy breakfast, rich, rich and riboflavin. <laughs> strangely, sorry. Go ahead. This song he wrote with a guy named Gary Osborne. He had taken a little bit of a break from Bernie Taupin, who was his regular collaborator, Ooh, and wrote a couple of songs. I think this was the biggest one that they wrote, and then he went back to Bernie, and you know the rest is history. Mm. By the way, his middle name is Hercules. Elton John's middle name is. Her- his name is Elton Hercules John. Wait, you're That's doing it again. You're making- I swear. No, this, this one is real? true. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting gaslighted on this podcast. Okay. His middle name That's before funny. Hercules was Enormous Head. It was Elton <laughs> Enormous Head John. No, that's but- your name. Oh, that's right. right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Actually, this is also interesting. Elton John, I didn't know this. He has two sons, but he's also godfather to both Sean Lennon and to Brooklyn and Romeo Beckham, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham's kids. Wow. He's Godfather all over the place. He is the Godfather. Which is weird because he's nothing like the Godfather. I don't know. I wouldn't cross him. <laughs> Someday you're going to do me a favor. <laughs> I'm going to make him an offer. I'm going to make him an offer. I can't refuse. That was my Look, own this John song, Thank you. I f- and it was excellent. Um, Not really. My Brando was pretty good. <laughs> Little Genie is a perfectly pleasant song, it, it, and it belongs in that yacht rock. If you're in like the soft, smooth, I would just want this kind of mellow vibe. But we've just hit three yacht rock songs in a row, and mm-hmm. it's starting to wear on me. Yeah, that's why I'm not as into it as I thought I, I'd be. It just never did anything for me, and I love Elton. And I, I think I've recently declared. You probably heard, saw me at the press conference when I declared I have a new favorite song of all time. And it was, uh, it's Tiny Dancer. That is my favorite song of all time. Uh, and that is a slow song, but it's got so much heart and just makes you feel great for some reason. And this one's like, eh, Genie, okay. The only thing I like about the song is the chorus when he says, I want you to be my acrobat, That's which nice, I think is nice kind line. of amazing. Yeah, to be able to try that with your girlfriend or your wife when you when you get home. Oh, that. it's you a sexual thing. Oh. I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, maybe not, but I think so. Yeah. I'm ready to get off the boat. So put us back in the countdown. Let's see what we Keep promising we're going to get off this boat. Sinking. Number five. There are no boats in Detroit, man. There's lakes. Seems like yesterday. But it was long ago. 
Dave just blew a puff of smoke in my digital face. Yes. Well, look, this is um, a classic of sorts. It's Against the Wind by Bob Seger, the fourth of seven top ten hits for the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Peaks here at number five, so this was the end of it. Um, Is this uh, the chorus that's coming up? It might be. Let's find out. Not exactly, no. No, it was a little (laughs) bit off. Close enough. That's the pre-chorus. this is kind of, I think of this as like kind of Night Moves Light. You know, it's a yeah, really nice yeah. song. It's got some good lines. It's got great melody. It's just not quite as good as Night Moves. Here's the chorus. Against the wind. We were running against the wind. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I, I'm not that big of a Bob Seger fan, but I think of Like a Rock as the other one that's sort of of this ilk. This is probably the, my least favorite of the three. Oh, dude, Chry- like Chrysler killed Like a Rock. Was it Chrysler? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we should look that up because it's one of that the truck. most successful ad campaigns of all time, it, right? Yeah, yep, but they yep. killed the song. I, I mean, know. I hope they paid him a shit ton of money because yep. they he, they killed that song. I can't right. hear it anymore. I know. I'm and this you. I can still hear. And this has that great line which played right before the chorus, which I still love and I still use to this day. Wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. I, yeah. I love that line. I think that's a great line. I really do. I've never really thought about it, but I think you've told me that before. I wish I didn't know. Say it again, please. Wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. In other words, it's like a callback to innocence. I know too much now. I wish I didn't know the stuff I know about the world now that I didn't know back then. You know what I mean? That's a great line. It's nice. Yeah. A little bit of a double negative, I suppose, if you want to call it that. But um, Seeger, by the way, says this song. No, it isn't. I mean, try to picture picture Bob Seeger in your face right now. Or in your head. Okay. And he says it was inspired by his time as a high school cross-country runner. <laughs> well. Can you picture that? Well, he does look a little bit like Forrest Gump with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. No, the, well only, the only way I can see it. No, he's, he is, um, I, I was joking. He, he is from Detroit, isn't he? I didn't make that up. Of course. But, yeah, okay. He's so class, he's. I mean, legend. He's, to me, I think of Bob Seger as the ultimate um, barroom um you know, provider of a bar rooms soundtrack, you know, you, oh, you know yeah. every, every jukebox has to have old time rock and roll on it and the rest of the Seeger library. And a and song the, like this comes on in the bar. Yeah. You yeah, want to hear, right. you know, some of the harder classics, but a song like this comes on, like can choke you up a little. If you get into, if you had a few too many and your <laughs> girl just broke up with you and you know, you're running against the wind. You're running against the wind, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. There's one cool thing. I, I think you've got this queued up, but there's a part at the end that sort of comes out of nowhere mm. when Bob Seeger says, Let the cowboys ride. Are we at that part? I don't know. I've got so much more to think No. <laughs> it's at the end where they keep repeating against the wind. Let the cowboys ride. Right, right, right. It sort of comes out of nowhere. I found out yep. that he actually it's an homage to a Van Morrison song called Santa Fe slash Beautiful Obsession. Towards the end of that wow. song, Van Morrison says the same thing. Do you have that queued up? I may. Yeah, hit Hold it. the line. Me. Yeah, sure. Here we go. See, that's it right there. there and Seeger does the same thing when they're saying against the wind. He goes, let the cowboys ride. It's- Interesting. Kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, you can hear 
maybe maybe I'm stretching it, but that Seeger was it has a little bit of Van Morrison in him. You know the oh the definitely sort of a little voice, yeah. like Bob Seeger always had an appreciation for American soul music, and Van Morrison certainly did. Yeah. So there was a little bit of a connection point there. So I just look, I like the song. It's just to me, it pales next to Night Moves, which is I think just a, a classic rock and roll tune that I I love every time I hear it. Yeah, I'm with you, Fair and enough. it also it also just doesn't. I don't know. When I hear Seeger, I want it to rock a little harder. I know yeah. he's, it, I, I like uh, Catman do. I like that. I think I'm out. You know, that, that and um, all time rock and roll, and roll is good. Right. And yeah. Look, this has been, this is not yacht rock, but this has been a very, very mellow countdown to this yeah. part. We were clearly mellow in 1980, which is kind of surprising, but you know, I'm ready to, to hit something a little harder. Maybe we help? need a boy from New York to get down and dirty with some rock and roll. Really? Yeah. Let's get back to the machine and see if we've got one. Okay. Number four. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. You've been hiding out lately, honey You can't dress as flashy till you spend a lot of money Everybody's talking about the new sound Funny, but it's still rock and roll to me Yeah, there we go William this, yes. of course, is Billy Joel's It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. So we got finally we got a, like a sort of a straight edge rock and roll song, although not really, which I'll discuss in a minute. Oh, okay. this this was Billy Joel's fourth top 10 hit. He had 13 total. This is number four here, but is the first Billy Joel song to hit number one. Mm. In well, July, it will peak at number one and stay there for two weeks and become the seventh biggest song of 1980. I don't know if you have in front of you, but I, you know Billy's my boy, so I of course know a few things. And I would imagine this was a follow-up song to You May Be Right, which I think most people think of as a as a bigger song, but it, it kind of wrote on the coattails, as we like to say here. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I personally think You May Be Right is a better song. It's, more, um, it, it, it's held up better, I think. I think it, so. It, it, it's a standard rocker, yeah. Well, the reason is because this song really is a commentary on new wave music. Right. So Billy Billy Joel, this is a part of an album called Glass Houses, and Billy, the entire album, is basically fueled by the fact that he's pissed off that critics keep putting him in this soft rock bucket. Right. So he says, I'm not I'm not that, let me show you. And he decides to come out with a rock and roll album. He's, this he, song... I'm sorry, ahead. I was going to say, he's always had a being as bonnet about that. It, it, it's, it's in some of the liner notes of his, his albums that he said people don't realize that I'm a hard rock guy. Like he was in a band called the Hassles. He was in a band called right. Attila. They were both like real hard rock. And he just went off in the pop direction, but he loves, he, he gets pissed when people put him in the slot, like you said. And, and, and this was his way. New wave music had obviously just started coming out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the critics love for good reason. But mm -hmm. you know, they were obsessed with talking heads and sex pistols and stuff like that. And so this was his way of saying, look, you can call it new wave. You can call it whatever you want. It's rock music. Right. So, that's it. So he fuels this song with a little bit of a, a new wave homage to kind of say, yeah, I, I can do this too. But mm. you know, at the end of the day, it's just just another rock and roll song like I've been doing all along. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah, In the I mean, video, by the way, I don't know if you remember the video. I don't. I don't uh, think. But... It's just a band performance oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he's actually singing the song live. Go back and listen to it. The track, okay. the musical track is the exact same, but the vocals are him. Oh, we're at the end of the song, right? Yeah, I like, I like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Billy Joel is 
you often went a little overboard with the with the yas and the hays and the but it, it's it's replete in almost all of his songs and um he has a lot of them in there including the the odd calling out to his saxophone all right rico which is all right yeah, rico. which is what you're used to hearing that on a live album but it's cool it's i kind of uh, loved it i, I kind of loved yeah, it so did they I. did that part i have to say i love when, when the sax kicks in richie canada who was his longtime saxophone player who he later fired I saw Richie Cannata playing with a Billy Joel tribute band last year in Providence. <laughs> so, but it was it was fun because uh, you know it's 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 a tribute band. It is what it is. But it's it was funny because Richie the Rico would stop and tell stories between songs about his days touring with the actual Billy Joel, and so pretty cool. I saw Richie Cunningham playing in a Robbie Dupree cover band, which <laughs> just was not as interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. One other thing, you know, we bring up Weird Al on this every now and then because, of course, he plays parodies of music, uh, you know, popular music. Mm-hmm. He actually did a parody of this that was never released before. I've never he, heard this. ever. He put it out mm-hmm. early, early, early in his career. And by the time he got signed to a record label and started to make big hits, this song wasn't hot anymore. So he buried it. And you can now hear it on YouTube. Will you play? Sure. It's still Billy Joel to me. I mean. What's the matter with the songs he's singing? Can't you tell that they're pretty lame? After listening to a couple albums, well, they all start to sound the same. So we tried to change his music style. He tossed all his ballads in the third year's file. But then it found the pump sound breaking ground all around his little Billy Joel. Yeah, I'm sort of glad he buried this. I. Weird Al, you are out of the club. <laughs> I, I, by the way, there is no way you. Billy Joel does not have a sense of humor. I think about that. There's no way Billy oh, would right. let him release this, right? No, he's self-admittedly like a petulant guy. He's flipped over pianos during concerts. He he would admit, and and yeah, he would hate it. But the only thing, it like okay, so it was early Weird Al. I think it was before Weird Al hit his stride. Because the first line of this parody song is, can't you tell that they're all so lame? I mean, you got to do better than that, right? And they all yeah. sound the same. They don't, yeah. the songs don't all sound the same. It was almost like he, he just needed a, 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 a parody way to, and used it's still rock and roll to me. Oh, it's still Billy Joel to me. Well, that fits. Let's do that. He anyway. nailed it in. Sorry, Al. This wasn't yours. No. No. But listen, I'm feeling the rock and roll vibes. We're back on track here, right? I'm feeling energized. Let's get back in the machine and keep the rock flowing. (laughs) Okay. Number three. Mm. I see what you did there. (laughs) Some say love, it is a river that Give me some tissues. That Well, look, it's going to take forever to right. get to the words of the song because it's literally the end of the song when she says it. This is Bette Midler's "The Rose," mm-hmm. huge hit, peaked here yep. at number three. It was the second. Bette Midler had four top ten hits. This is the second one. It peaks here at number three. Mm-hmm. It was from the soundtrack to the movie which was kind of about, I don't know if you remember seeing this movie back then. I did. I did not it was see it. About, it. It was about Janis Joplin. 
But oh, they couldn't okay. say it was about Janis Joplin because they went to her estate and they said, no, 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 you can't do a mu- movie. So they had to fictionalize the story. Uh, um, who, who played the lead character? She did. Bette Midler. Midler did. Okay. Not only did she play it, this was her movie debut and she was nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars. She was an instant movie star. Yeah, I guess it just wasn't my cup of tea. It, it was like too sappy to me as a 12-year-old boy. I'm glad you saw it though, Milt. But- it was pretty intense actually because <laughs> yeah. the rock music in it was kind of great and she became massively addicted to drugs and alcohol in the film and was falling apart the whole thing. It's the a pretty char- dark, dark right. movie. The character, not Bette Midler. It's, no, it's, not it's, Bette Midler. It strikes me as, from what we now know of Bette Midler's career, arc of her career, isn't it an unusual choice? Oh, very much right. so. She had actually started as uh, sort of a gay music icon. She had played in San Francisco yeah. um, bathhouses and things like that, right. but slowly turned in, you know, she was clearly very theatrical, so maybe this was a natural transition. Won that Oscar. She lost to Sally Field, who was in Norma Ray. She. We talked about the EGOT last week. She would have won an EGOT if she had oh. won this. Oh, dope! That's too bad. Too bad. She bad. won the Golden Globe for this, but turns you know, that's out cheating too. people really like Sally Field. Was that yeah. when she gave that infamous speech? I can't you do that. Like me, you really, really like, like me? me? No, I think that was the neck. Oh, who knows? She's probably know. won a couple. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, this song is not played during the movie. It actually, her character, the Janis Joplin, not Janis Joplin character, dies of an overdose on stage at the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And as she basically dies, this song comes in, starts playing. So people associated with this really like heavy, you know, whatever. I feel like people don't talk about that movie so much. Like that would. No, it disappeared. It's a little heavy handed, the movie is. But, you know, I watched a couple of scenes in preparation for this, including the last scene. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. The movie Mm -hmm. got sort of mixed to favorable reviews, they say, but nobody talks about it now, right? Yeah, weird. The song became so sappy and actually. They played pretty good fun of it because, of course, we always hark back to our favorite um, Simpsons or Family Guy clips. Right. And we've got one of those for this. Ooh. Now, we have to just point this out that the family is in a car together about to take a road trip and looking for the perfect soundtrack. Will you play that, please? You got it. Hey, what do you say we sing a driving song? Some say love, <laughs> it is a river. That drowns the people, you're waiting for the punchline right. to hit. There's no punchline. Some he just keeps going. Well, doesn't the rest of the family join in or no? Oh, yeah. Give it a second. Okay. <laughs> How did Seth MacFarlane not crack up as he was crying? <laughs> I have no idea. When the night <laughs> That's the family. <laughs> With a completely straight face, all of them are just... Anyway, you don't have to keep it going, but literally that's... And then when they're done, it's like, oh, that was nice. And then... (laughs) Kind of funny. Um, Good on you, Peter. This song is really slow, and it needs the context, I think, of the film to bring it a lot of its emotional power. But when she does say, in the spring becomes the rose. What does that mean? Some people get... I don't know. (laughs) But it's very moving, whatever it means. I, it must mean something about rebirth or re- growing a fucking flower. Sorry, Bet. She was born, by the way, in Hawaii. She was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Did Re- Bet Mittler look Hawaiian to you? No, no. She's Jewish, but 
they've got some some of the tribe out in Hawaii. Reminds me of a good joke. Couples on the way to Hawaii says to the guy sitting next to them on the plane, excuse me, sir, do you know, how do you pronounce it? Hawaii or Hawaii? And he goes, oh, it's Hawaii. And they go, oh, thank you. And he goes, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh <laughs> it's time to get back in the machine. You got it, bud. Let's go. Number two. the groove yep. you better be dancing like seriously gate is this one of those universal dance songs like it doesn't matter who you are where you are whatever it comes on and you just groove must agree it's great and i, I i'm sitting here thinking i don't hear it enough i don't think i mean I, it, it's never forgotten but i don't think this gets played at like dance clubs a lot or like at a wedding do you play it maybe maybe i don't know maybe this of course is funky town by lips inc which mm-hmm. is clever that's a clever name wait I, oh, oh my god he I doesn't know no i don't think i get it lips lips inc lips inc oh no you know here's what? the I chorus I, I want to take See, I have found, I did an unofficial survey. I still don't 50% get it. 50% of people, it's lip sync. Oh my God. I 50% didn't get of people know about that and 50% of people had no idea. They wow. thought it was Lips Incorporated or something. It's lip sync. I, I, I'm speechless. That's amazing. I, 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 I don't know if I'm happy or sad or what. It's not, I, I don't think it's that clever. I don't. It's clever enough that it went I over your head. Wow. Yeah. For for forty how old forty years it's gone over my head. Lips ink. Wow. Lip sync. Oh my yeah. god. Pretty impressive. Okay. Anyway, they were a. Uh, this is a one hit wonder band. The, the band's from Minneapolis. It's number two here, but was number one for four weeks earlier. So you know, a very sizable hit. As you know, it's yep. no surprise because yep. it's like we said, it is classic. They were formed actually. It's funny you brought up weddings because this band was formed by a wedding DJ named Stephen Greenberg. Wow. <laughs> Really? Yeah, not kidding. Okay, that is okay. true. Steven Greenberg wanted to form a band. He eventually gets in touch with singer uh, Cynthia Johnson, who had also been singing for, remember, they're from Minneapolis. She was mm. singing with a band called Flight Time, which was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's band. Mm. And so she became part of the Minneapolis scene and later actually played with Prince and another band called Sounds of Blackness that had a couple of hits, I think, in the late 80s. Um Which is pretty, I mean, she had herself a record. But this band, it was Funky Town and that's it. Bottom line is Greenberg, the DJ, wanted to move to New York City. New York City was where it was happening. So he said he wanted to write about a place like Funky Town. Like, I got to get out of here, which is mind-blowing if you think about it. This is 1980, just when Prince is emerging. Right. So Minneapolis was thought of as not being Funky Town. Of course, right. If he had just waited a couple of years, he was in Funky Town. He just didn't realize it. Right. Interesting. Yes. I mean, how the hell is Minneapolis not funky? It's just beyond me. And listen, what I think makes this a hit, and I'm curious if you think about this, it's disco, right? It's 1980. Oh, yeah. But it's new wave also. It's like this this kind of hybrid, right? When you Mm -hmm. think about it, if you think about what craft work was in the 70s and stuff, this sort of electronic, mm-hmm. whatever. If you took craft work and then you put disco on top of it, mm-hmm. you kind of get this. 
I'll say this, and then if you listen to these violins, well, that's disco, exactly, and that's that's right out of that could have been on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, right? Like the Fifth of Beethoven uh, disco version, hundred percent. Right? But right. I agree with you. But I'm not disagreeing. I'm, there are a lot of layers to it, and and it's just fun. It's fun as hell. I have a just. This is one of those songs I can remember where I was when I not, maybe not for the first time, but. 1980, summer of 1980, I was at Sharon Country Day Camp, and I can remember somebody blaring this out of their boombox, and it was um, instantly a lovable song, and still is. Totally. Yeah. And now you, you know who else played this around when you were in camp? Right. Monica and Rachel oh. on Friends. Because we're going to show you a quick a play for you, a little right. bit of a classic fat... Uh, <laughs> fat <laughs> it was fat about friends? to call it a fat back. <laughs> it's a flashback when... Monica was fat when she was fat. Monica. So it kind of is a fat back. It is okay. a fat back. Okay. Will you play it? Yes. They're dancing at some party and she's enormous. Right. She's in all kinds of prosthetic stuff, obviously. As is, what's her name? Rachel with the nose. Oh, right. right. So drunk. That's weird. I had the same number of beers as you and I don't feel anything at all. I don't remember that episode. I, well, I, I don't remember which season. It was, it but wait, it was was it a flashback or a dream? Oh, it was sequence? a total flashback. Yeah, oh, it so, was a flashback. So it imagines a day when when Courtney Cox really was huge. Uh, the character of uh, what's her face? Yes, was, yes, yeah. Monica. Right. Monica. Sorry, of course. Dare you? But, but it, in th- the reason I played that is because if you do want to evoke a mood like a late seventies, early eighties movie, right. put this song on and you're there. Right. For sure. For sure. Yep. Yep. Now, unfortunately, when you have iconic songs, that inevitably leads to bad remake takeover. Why German clarinetist Hugo Strasser oh boy. would decide that Funky Town needed a little bit more orchestration <laughs> is beyond me. Now, at this so point, far, it's yeah. just like, well, it's just Funky Town. Yeah, it keeps going. But <laughs> does he sing? No, no, he can't sing. He's playing the clarinet. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. But they, look again. That's a nod to the iconic status of Funky Town. I don't think there's Daft Punk without this. But you're right mm-hmm. in some ways that it's not um, as celebrated maybe as it should be, considering how iconic it is. Yeah, I think you hear more like uh, Donna Summer, you hear, you know, Jackson 5 and of the same era. Um, anyway, but, you know, it's 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 still remembered. I mean, big time. It, it's on. Um, I noticed something in the notes here. It's on. It's in featured in one of the Shrek movies as well, which. Oh, yes. Which it means, is. Good point. Yeah. Which how could it be bad if it's, you know, if Shrek is dancing to it. So, yes. Great. I think great it's song. a great song. It's just it became kind of a joke because it was at the yeah. end of the disco run. So I think it became like, oh, disco sucks like that lip sync song. That ver- that said. very summer I mentioned when someone was playing out of the boombox, there was somebody else shouting disco sucks and playing a door song. And yeah, so, that's, that's, yeah, that's what it, I'm talking about. And, uh, that's what I'm talking the about. I'm giving it respect. I'm giving it full on milt respect right here. And me too, man. I'm in. Good, good. I'm I'm a member of the the Church of Funky Town. You are a resident, a citizen, of Funky right? Town. A citizen of Funky Town. Yes, I am. I am the mayor. I am the mayor of Funky <laughs> <You're> the, Town. <laughs> <laughs> 
Congratulations, Mr. Days Man. Without a shower. Right. Yes. All right. That leaves us to the top of the charts, man. This has been a weird week. It's been a very slow week that just picked up in a big way with Funky Town. But now we're at the song that was number one at the end of the week of January 28th, 1980. Yes. Let's find out what it is, Dave. Take Let's, us to the top. Let's do it. Number one. It's coming up, Dave. Sir Paul to you. Now, this has all kinds of interesting stuff around it, so I'm just going to throw myself in there. Ready? Yeah. So the song is actually called Coming Up, parentheses, Live at Glasgow. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And the song is by Paul McCartney and Wings, which should be confusing to some extent. And this is why. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is the last time that McCartney actually has a number one hit that isn't a duet with someone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Remember, he had Ebony and Ivory and he had those Michael Jackson duets. This yep. is his last number one hit that he's not singing with another Got it, person, got it. Okay, yep, yep. Which is kind of interesting, yeah. considering the, his career. And this is what's what's weird. So this is technically a Wings song, but it wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And this version that you're hearing is not what he wanted to release as a single. Well, that's I just assume you're going to get into this, but yes. I, how many live songs have hit number one? I, 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 well, I don't think I could name another one. I, we're not even going to go there because I want to no, talk no. about the single version, I go which you probably okay. know. If you if you thought yes. of the video, there's a famous video of him where he um, plays all, it's like he's playing, he and Linda are playing multiple characters in a band. Mm-hmm. And it, so okay. McCartney was apparently really getting into the talking heads at this point. Remember, this is 1980 new wave, as we just talked about with Funky Town. Right. So he's really into David Byrne and stuff. And he wanted to do something that was more edgy and modern. So yeah. we recorded the studio version of Coming Up, which you've definitely heard. Yeah, of course. Which has these heavy synthesizers and his vocals are spread, sped up and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he releases it in the UK and it becomes a big hit. It might, I think it was a number one hit. And the mm-hmm. video came out and got all kinds of play on MTV. Well, his American record label basically didn't think that American audiences wanted to hear Paul McCartney's voice sped up. Right. They were like, wait a minute, you're Paul McCartney. Play a rock and roll song. So what he did, they made him release a version of the song that he had played live in concert the year before mm. with Wings. Okay. So instead of releasing the single that he had recorded for his solo album, McCartney 2, he made the, the, the record label made them release this single and even include a copy of the single in the album so that people didn't get pissed off when they were looking for this version. Wait. So the album had a, had a 45 in it? Correct. That's, I don't know if it was a 45 or just another version of a, I don't, or maybe even a seven inch or what, I don't, whatever it was. Yeah. But you got your album. Right. It had the studio version, but then in the sleeve That's the was an extra thing little yeah. single. Yeah. And this was the song, even though McCartney was pissed. Because mm. remember, he was trying to modernize this version, the live version, is just a rock song. Yeah. Right? It's a great song. I think you would agree, but you're, you're a huge uh, yeah. Paul guy. Um, I just think it's weird that it's live. That, that, I don't know if I like the live version better or the the studio version better, but to be. right, I, I hear you. I hear the weird history behind it. 
if you'll I indulge me the, for for thirty. The most just, famous oh. live song to hit number one, I think, was "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John. Okay, that was a live. That's version, a good right? one. I'm trying to think of others. Was I feel like Cheap Trick "Want You to Want Me"? I feel like that live version. But no, did you I know how at the beginning you hear? Oh, no, number one. But like as far oh, as it's live, yeah, live at Budokan. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I want you to want me. Right, that that's whole live, thing. Baby. I mean, um, a lot of it's overdubbed, apparently. But yes, it's a live song. Can you think of another one? I. I've got I've got one other one, but it's it's really. Oh, we played it. Remember that Billy Beaters song at this moment? Oh yeah, I think that was live. Wasn't well, it? it if not live, it was simulated it to sound like it was like recorded. It. Oh, live. you yeah. may be right. I we don't may know. Have talked about yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. The only other one I can think of is Billy Billy Joel, who I keep bringing up, of course, but he had a song earlier in the pod. But um, he released a live album, which was a collection of live versions of a lot of his old songs called Songs in the Attic. Yeah, great and, album. And the, right. And so because they wanted a hit off the album, they released She's Got She's Away. Got away. But and, I don't think that was number one. No, I don't think so either. I'm just yeah. I'm going anywhere. Like, it's just Listen, weird. We're going to get beat up. Our listeners are going to be sending all the answers, to <laughs> I know, question, which I, I did know. not prepare, which yep. I should have. And we'll yep. have to hit that on a later episode. But um, yep. email us what we missed, guys, because we'll we'll mention your name on the pod. Right. Absolutely. This is a great song. It's just ironic that he he wrote this song to achieve a certain end right he, the record company basically didn't let him and it was a huge hit anyway and look i love paul mccartney i love wings whatever i would never have guessed this was his last number one in all of his catalog it's certainly not i think the greatest of his songs but i remember loving it in 1980 yeah. loving it just so we don't get tons of letters i i did a quick research project thank you jimmy good work good work jimmy here's a few songs that you might rent the 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 live version did hit the charts um, Jackson Brown stayed just oh, a little good bit longer. Yeah. Peter Frampton, show me the way and really anything off of that. Frampton yep. comes a live version. Um, Eric Clapton, I guess had a version of Layla that hit the charts. Oh, that's live. the slow version was right. live. That was a huge hit. That's yeah. a good one. Yep. This one, I had no idea. Leonard Skinner, Freebird. That's, li that's a live version yeah. that we well, they so have used? both. Okay. But the live version is what's on their kind of golden platinum album. Is yeah, that's what. What song is it you want to hear? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. That's where it comes from. You're right. Um, yep. Marvin Gaye got to give it up. Um, really? Live? Yeah. Here's one that we should have come up with: uh, "Rock and Roll All Night" by Kiss. I can remember that the the live version but of that. that was no way was that number one no, no. Way. well you stop yeah, with the number one thing i'm hit. just saying the biggest well, look i'm a purist this might be the only one to hit number one and and um i'm looking at this list the number Candle two on this list is is cheap trick i want you to want me as i so shrewdly pointed out and melt stevie wonder fingertips part two live version oh there you go, go. Wow, that bums me out that I didn't pick that. <laughs> That's all right. And the last footnote I want to, now we're up against the clock a little bit here, but um, the I love this song and it's and it was cool that this, that Paul McCartney could still sound silly saying it now because it was 40 years ago. But I, but you know, he did a lot of ballads and stuff with Wings. He kind of, I don't want to say he got soft literally, but like he, the, a lot of the stuff was on the softer side. It was always great when he could rock out and this was a rocking song. Um, Later, a couple of years later, he did the theme to Spies Like Us, which is kind of an underrated uh, song. You didn't like that? No, didn't like it. All right. Well. Goofy. Too goofy. I like that song he did. Um, I can wait another. No, that's kind of that, lame. That too. doesn't. <laughs> um, no More Lonely Nights was the name of that song. Oh, no yeah. It was okay. Yeah, not great. <laughs> That Sorry. was that was also from a horrible movie. What was that? Yeah, what yeah. was up with him in the soundtrack? Yeah. He hits Live and Let Die, hits a home run with that, and Obviously, then decides right. to go soundtrack crazy. Yeah, and the, his original solo uh, offerings were 
rocking. You know, Jet, Jet, that that song rocks. You know, um, right? He did yeah. a version of the Rose that they bounced for Bette Midler's version. No, they no, he didn't. No, he didn't. See, you right. almost got me, but you didn't. <laughs> All right. All right, Dave, that's our top 10 list for the week. How about that? Why don't we uh, do a little recap for the game? Yes, sir, as you wish. For the week ending June 28th, 1980, the top 10 songs were number 10, She's Out of My Life, Michael Jackson. Number nine, Cupid, I've Loved You for a Long Time, The Spinners. Number eight, Biggest Part of Me, Ambrosia. Number seven, Steal Away, The Doobie, Robbie Dupree, sorry. Number six, Little Genie. Elton John, number five, Against the Wind, Bob Seger. Number four, It's Still Rock and Roll to Be by my boy, Billy Joel. Number three, The Rose, Bette Midler. Number two, Funky Town Lips Incorporated. And the number one song of June 20th, 1980 was coming up live at Glasgow, Sir Paul McCartney and Wings. All right, that is our top 10 for the week. Well done, sir. But I believe to join us for the categories, we've got ourselves a little guest here on the pod. Am I right? We do. A big guest, if you ask me. Please welcome to the show my friend and the host of a podcast that appears on this network, pod617.com. It is my boy, Ed Nathanson. Yeah. Wow. What is up? I'm Welcome. so pumped to be here. Yeah. So Ed's, Listen, Ed's I, podcast, by the way, sorry, Milt, is, is called Are You Not Entertained? And it is even, might be even more entertaining than this podcast, if that's possible. <laughs> um, it's, uh, dare you. Ed has a great library of funny shit and uh, please listen to them. It's on hiatus right now, but Ed vows it will return, right, sir? It will. It All will. Right. I'm right. just in the middle of, um, what do they say in French? Shit right now. So I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping to, Mild, uh, Mild. to get back yeah. to it soon. Aren't we all? Yes. Now, Ed, you've been a longtime listener of Past Tens, am I correct? Huge fan. As a matter of fact, I'm such a fan that when people come into my life that are looking for something to listen to, uh, I tell them about your podcast. Wow. It's something that it's one of those things where you guys do it exceptionally well, but also one of those things where like, damn it, I wish I thought of that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mix of the two. <laughs> do you tend to agree with us or do you tend to hate everything we do and say? So great question, Mel. And uh, I'm coming for you, my friend. Uh, I knew it. So, I, knew it. <laughs> I tend to agree. However, there is this hatred of one Lionel Richie, no. which Hold I do on. not understand. And I vehemently, vehemently disagree. Wow. Ed, that, that's a little, su- a little surprising. It, and Milton, because well, Ed seems like a classic rock guy from his own. Yeah, look, I'm wearing a kiss shirt right yeah. now. Classic well, there rock, we go. Classic rock <laughs> and and hip hop and yeah. and the Lionel Richie. Yeah, he can go there, but he's also got this. Go ahead, Milt. You you may rebut. Milt is showing the the luggage tag Here's, that we received from a fan, which we which love. Says, which from says, our fans. "Hello, is it me you're looking for?" Yeah, Ed, you brought no gifts to the pod today. Yeah, what the hell? We're a little pissed off. I did off, not. So <laughs> we may edit you out of this. But <laughs> what I say about Lionel, we just we don't for some reason the weeks we do do not cover the good Lionel Richie songs, right. and there are good ones. I don't want to say what they are because I'm looking forward to talking about them. But for some reason, the weeks we've chosen has been, have offered the drippiest, sappiest, most oddly emotional crap that the guys ever produced. And that's the stuff that hit the top 10. Yeah, I can't help that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, however, I think that there's something in both of you that you don't <laughs> like a good ballad. You don't. We struggle and, with balance. Right, that's right. And, that and Lionel, say what you will. His stuff at the Commodores is as funky as anything anyone's ever done. Agreed. Um, But his ballads, as corny and as sappy as they are, yes, here we go, (laughs) are 
fabulous. They're the corniest and sappiest awesomeness ever. Oh, and so, so you like the cheese. Ed is a I like the cheese. I like everything, but I really are... like my Lionel cheese. And I would defy you to tell me if Oh No isn't one of the great ballads ever. Oh No is a fantastic song. <laughs> great song. And there are Lionel Richie's solo songs I love. We just don't cover them. I don't know why. They're coming. Ed, okay, good. I want you to keep listening because one day, you will you will jump for joy out of your AirPod fueled brain when I when I start saluting Lionel Richie for his innate gifts. And one other little bit towards you, Mister Yaz. All right. You know, I thought I've known you a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what they say that there's always new things to discover. Like you peel back the layers of an onion. Oh yeah. I would never in a million years have mm-hmm. thought of your hatred for Huey Lewis and the news. Wait a minute. This is, that's not true. What, uh, it uh, is uh, true. Uh, Go back well, and listen. False accusation. It what is it, correct well, that the last couple which one of was Huey it? Lewis songs you did not like. I think This Is It was one of them. That's right. Um, that's right. Well, and, and yeah, you were because I can attest to the fact that in college, Dave was a big Huey Lewis. I was. Fan. Oh, no, the but power I, of love. I don't think you were. No, I gushed about the power of love. I fucking love that song. I. I want to. I demand a trial. Yes. I remember listening and being like, "Really?" Like I literally right, said well, that then, out loud. Then I've been misconstrued, miscalculated, and misevaluated. Um, <laughs> wrong. I love Huey. I saw Huey um, in concert. Probably one of the last concerts he ever played because the poor guy is losing his. What is he losing? His hearing? What? What? Yeah, I think <laughs> his hearing. Um, and I've seen yes, twice, more than once, I've seen the, the Huey Lewis tribute band, Power of Love, a bunch of kids in their 20s who strangely admire Huey Lewis. Well, listen, anyway, Ed, love him. I've allowed you to challenge <laughs> us. I insist on appearing on an episode of your pod because we've got to talk about your Quentin Tarantino list because oh. it is so wrong. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so one day, will you have me on, please? I would love that. I've Just talked with that game forever. It's like you're uh, my brother from another mother. There it is, brother. Right, I'm looking at you. I I feel you. I see you. (laughs) you. All right, Ed. So Ed is going to join us here for the categories. uh, The first of which is, of course, our designation of our winner of the week. That's right, Dave. Mm -hmm. All three of us are going to have our opportunity to look at this top 10 list and decide which of these songs hold up the best and therefore won the week. Um, Ed, you're our guest. You know the top 10 here, right? Who do you think won the week? As you might know, I know Dave knows, and Milt, if you've listened to my pod, you know, I'm an unabashed Paul guy, Mm. right? And, you know, I'm Beatles. I literally collect them, Beatles memorabilia. So you might think I'd go with Coming Up, right? Mm. Which is a fabulous, fabulous song. Mm. But, but, (laughs) but, but, I am going to go with funky town wow Ooh, wow and, and, and i'll tell you why that song as much as i love coming up like a flower right i do think funky town has lasted in pop culture longer and i would argue that kids today know that song more than they would know coming up right and it's even appeared in like animated tunes like, what's that one with chris rock and the zoo Right. Uh, Madagascar. There was one Madagascar. All... Madagascar. That's right. Madagascar yep. is in there. You're right. And it's one of those songs that, you know, is just crossed over into the the, the ethos. Of right. That's and a strong choice. I say that because I love Ed. Paul McCartney like I would love my, my own father. Yes. Strong choice. Ed, Ed, Ed. <laughs> what, Melt? I completely agree. Oh! Yes, yes. 
Yeah, dude, is, I, is was, I wanted yeah. to fight, but yeah. I can't fight with you on this one. I think Funky Town, in terms of influence and timelessness and importance, even to some extent, mm-hmm. I think Funky Town is our winner. Dave, do you have a chance to defer here or you yeah. can. Uh, yeah, what do you I um. It, listen, strong choice. It would be my number two. Just by a nose, I would give it to It's Still Rock and Roll to Me because it's mm. it's one of Billy Joel's rocking his songs. And I'm biased. He's my boy. So that's where I'll go. But I respect that's your choice. Personal biases. Much. But you are allowed to bring your personal yeah. biases into this. So I will accept Easy, that. Man. But the, okay. the fact that Ed Nathanson and Michael Wolf are agreeing here is um, new in and of itself. So I'm I thrilled have a about question that. question for you. Go. Yeah. So I've always wondered what you thought of Boston, the band Boston. You've never discussed them. And I've actually talked to Dave about this. I'd yeah. love to hear what you think about them. Quick, um, quick melt, you know, uh, take on Boston. Right. Uh, the album Boston by Boston is one of, if not the greatest debut albums in rock and roll history. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that album is, yes. <laughs> is genius from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And Pretty much every album they released after that got progressively worse. Yeah, <laughs> so including it's sort agreed. of like agreed. It's yeah. like the M Night Shyamalan of rock and roll music. They start with <laughs> at the pinnacle yeah. and then just kind of got a little worse and yeah. a little worse, yeah. and then got downright bad. Including the one where they were stuck with this record label they were trying to get off, right. and so yeah. they worked like four fucking years on this album, and it was supposed <laughs> to be the greatest thing. It's like, have you heard the new Boston album? It just came out. Yeah, guess what? Well, it sucks. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's is what that I, but, with Amanda? Yes. Amanda was the only passable song on the album, and yeah. even that was I didn't so hate that album. It was just worse than the one before, which was worse than the one before that. So, right. it, And then it just all goes to shit. But you want to know my general feelings i'll crank boston all day all night as long as it's one you know the best of those first couple of albums yeah awesome i'm surprised you feel better about me yeah i do i do i don't know why i questioned your your boston taste <laughs> if lionel had been their lead singer nothing would have stopped them <laughs> they would have been indomitable it, it's also anyway. ed a topic for another day we will dress on this podcast we were milton and i were talking about it I don't know if it counts as a medley, but it's a two-part song. And you, I remember you put out on social media once, what are the best two-part songs? That's correct. And one of the great ones is, of course, Foreplay long, slash Long Time by no Boston. Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Living, Love, and Made, Heartbreaker. That's this. another All right. right there. Now. Sheesh. Yeah. I hate you, Boston guys. <laughs> All right. Listen, um, I think it's time to bring in the referee. What about you, Dave? I think that says it all. That's yeah. right. It's He's time for, what is it called? The replacement. Oh, son of a. <laughs> it is a point time for the substitution, the substitution, unlike what Dave says. This is our chance to write the musical wrong. We are going to each, actually, not each. Dave's not going to do it. I'm He's setting this one out. I'm, I'm on, the, on the bench. It's fine. We are going to kick one song out of the top 10 that we are happy to banish, never to hear from again, and replace it with another song that was on the Hot 100 this week, but never makes the top 10. So, mm. giving that great song a chance to jump into the spotlight. Um, Ed, again, you're our guest. Would you like to go first, or would you like me? What you? I think to. you should go first. I would love to. And I'm so going to you kicking out. Yeah, who are you going to kick out a song that I hate with the power of a million suns? <laughs> I want to destroy this song, reverse it, take it away from existence. <laughs> yep. Wow. And that's "She's Out of My Life" by what? Michael Jackson. Oh wow. no! <laughs> wow. Wait, this is wow. the guy that's supporting the whole idea of ballads, and you're bouncing. I know. What the hell is happening? I love, look, I know that I've heard you talk about this and it's right. I'm afraid to say this boldly, but I love Michael Jackson. His no, music, we're with not you. the man. We're with not you on the that. man. Okay. Um, and off the wall, 
is perhaps his second best outing ever Fair. behind Thriller, which you can't deny. Right, we can't. But this is the one weak spot on that, right? And this is just weak sauce all the way around. I went back and tried to listen to it again. It sucks. And if it wasn't Michael, I would defy you to tell me differently. Uh, we um, I don't know. we it's decided funny. that um, it, it's stripped down quality. It's emotional breakdown at the end that unfortunately has a clip to the song. Clip we played, of course, Eddie Murphy's famous um, famous impression. But yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, Eddie, without you're out of my life, we don't get Tito get me some tissues. So Right, I mean that alone. <laughs> anyway, that's right, fine. Anyway, you booted, yeah, right. Michael. It's your choice. You get your opinion. What are you replacing it with? Um again, I just asked you about Boston. I'm from Championshipville, as we like to call it, Boston. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna go with a Boston band. <laughs> and Here that is the Jay Giles band with oh. Love Stinks. Fine, nice. Yeah. All right. Look, I don't. I can't disagree with you on this. You know, this is one of those classic rock songs that just didn't break into the top ten, right? But you think based on overall play, you know, classic rock radio would have been bigger, but it wasn't. Absolutely. And you know, I might say I've got the blues, the reds, and the pinks, but one thing's for sure: is love stinks. Right? If I'm wrong, I think <laughs> it might have been. It might have been number hundred this week. It literally was. Oh, really? Just cracked the chart. I think. Yeah, tell us. Um, well, you, I'll, I'll quickly say why I love the song, and then Ed, you can add more certainly. But yeah. the Jay Gals band, we, you know, we love them because they're Boston. But they had they were dripping with personality. I mean, most of it from Peter Wolf, the front man, because once he left, the band sucked eggs. But but they also had a sense of humor. Like, what band puts a song on their album called "No Anchovies, Please," which is just this weird like story uh, that comes out of nowhere? And love love stinks. It, it's it, it it's um it's not a novelty song, but it's it's clever, it's funny, and it's unforgettable. And you're right, Ed. The lyrics, you know, um, I don't care what any Casanova thinks. One thing's for sure, love stinks. Um, so fantastic choice. Yeah, I just I've always loved them. And again, you know, going to albums that your example of Boston, Boston, and what came after Free Frame. Great album, that's a masterpiece, fantastic that's a, album. That's a that was their top 10. That was their top 10 breakthrough, and it killed right. them. It killed the band. Unfortunately, right. yeah, they were, <laughs> they, right. yeah, they were a victim of their, their own success. But you're right. that If you've never heard the Freeze Frame album, even the deep cuts on that, like Rage in the yeah, Cage. It's a great yeah. album. Yeah, it's another a album. funny song on that one called Piss on the Wall, which is actually a great jam. There you go. They, they, right. they, 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 they're like party rock in yeah, the exactly. best way possible, is the best way I could describe them. And I think they're just a incredibly underrated band. Yep. Um, yeah, they had their moment in the sun with freeze frame and right in centerfold. So, yeah. But, you know, after that, you know, they, they disappeared. And even before that, there was like a brief you know moment in the sun. But I want people to respect and, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, there's these bands that have this like moment in the sun that you've got to admire and respect. You know, it's that thing you do, but on steroids. Right. It's that, you know, it's more than just one hit. And they were definitely an awesome, awesome band. Yeah. And and they didn't have more. Something like Centerfold. I have nothing against it. It's a fun party song. It's totally memorable and all that. It doesn't really represent the heart and soul of that band. The the heart and soul of the band is more reflected in some of the earlier stuff like 
uh, Give It To Me, that song Give It To Me, you got yeah. to get, like, just steeped in rhythm and blues. And that, that on that song, they jam for, like, an extra four minutes at the end just because they can. And it's, and it's, um, so, and they always put a fantastic show. Did you ever see him live, Ed? So, again, it's one of my regrets. Uh, no. No. I, I saw him live once um, on like December 28th, and there was a, a moment of lull like between songs where they were kind of chit chatting with these. And Peter Wolf says to the crowd, he goes, You have to forgive me if we seem a little bit out of sorts here. You see, in the Jay Gals band, we start partying on Christmas, and we don't stop partying until <laughs> New Year's. And like, of course, everybody's like it's cheering like Christmas. Yeah. So Peter Wolf always struck me as a mix between David Lee Roth, Steven Tyler, and like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> well, a, but, yeah, he had this weird urban vibe. Like, let me tell you a story about Reputa the Buddha. <laughs> and yet he's a Jewish guy from Worcester. Right? Yeah. So, so go figure. That's why he's my hero. <laughs> That's a good call. I dig Great that call. song. I got to say, I dig that song. All right. Uh, Milt, do you remember? Milt, we almost performed the song, Quotation Fingers. There was a, a, Ed, Ed, you'll get a kick out of this. I'll tell it quickly, Milt. I know we're up against the clock. But there was this tradition at Penn where Milt and I attended that it was was back in the lip sync, um, when the lip sync thing was was a thing, which doesn't make sense to most people. In other words, you could lip sync a song and that would be a performance. And they had this thing called Air Band and you had to pick a song and just perform it. And we rehearsed for a while doing love stinks and we had sort of a pageant some pageantry around it about how the women wouldn't listen to us we were going please baby please baby and then we would lip sync to love stinks i forget why why didn't we do it milt it like did we just because we grew intelligent (laughs) we ended up not doing it yeah a disaster thank god (laughs) we were spared from this agony Uh, like like hundreds of people attended this thing anyway Listen, it's my turn. Yes. I've had enough of this Boston crap. You have you have drowned oh. me in Boston. Look, I could I could kick out Steal Away by Robbie Dupree. I could no. kick out The Rose by Bette Midler. But yes. let me tell you something. I'm going to kick all of them out because when it comes to music, they're all losers compared to this. What the hell is happening here? This That's has, right, people. This has nothing to do with it. You know what time it is. It? Oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> Start spreading the news. That is right. Frank Sinatra's theme from New York, New York was on the top 100 this week. Hmm. And peaked at number 32. I don't get it. Wait, did the song really emanate yes. in 1980? It did? This song was from 1980. Oh Everybody could this ancient, ancient song. Yeah. It wasn't. This wow. was a late career Frank Sinatra hit, but now for me and for you, this is synonymous with greatness. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. There uh, are no winners other than in New York. So I have to, I have to give you this. Though. Yeah, that is a heck of a song. And I love Frank. Right. And I have to give the, I, I throw up in my mouth when I even say it. <laughs> the Yankees credit. Um, you know, for this song, but I will retort by saying "Dirty Water" <laughs> is a fabulous, fabulous song that transcends the Red Sox. You will hear it at the Bruins, I'll give right? You, you will that. hear it at other sporting events too. Anything, boss. I honestly, I just when I saw. Oh God! Get it off! I just decided I, I was going to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to be drowned in Boston during this segment. And when I saw this on the list, I, I didn't even, there were a ton of other songs I could have chosen. But when I saw this, I was like, that's it. Got to shove it in there. It faces. actually blows my They're mind. Loser faces. It, I'm, I'm shocked. And I, uh, yep. being a music fan, I can't believe I didn't realize it came out in 1980. And also would never have guessed that it didn't hit the top 10. Right? Nope, was not a top 10 hit. I, I mean, I mean talk about Man. a standard yeah. song. Did anybody see that movie, though? <laughs> no. I, I think, was it a, was De Niro in it or something like Man, that? I don't know. That's It's a I weird one. I remember. Yeah. The song, actually, I, you know what? I'm going to correct it. The movie came out in 1977. So it was in the 70s, and I think they did play it. No, wait. No, the song was released in 1980. He, he's so it was on the movie Clearly soundtrack in a different version. Okay. That's it. Right. Liza Minnelli did Liza Minnelli did the version that was in the movie, and then Sinatra covered it and oh. released it. Everybody remembers Frank. Everybody movie. remembers Frank. No offense, Liza. Everybody remembers oh, yeah. Frank. For no, she doesn't care. I'll say this: it is it. it even I kind of like the song. <laughs> and, I mean, if and, you had asked me whether this song was playing when I saw the Yankees win a World Series game at the stadium in 1978, I would have said yes. Right, right, right. And it right. wasn't. Yeah. Right. Revisionist history, yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah. I, why, the first time I remember hearing this song sort of ad nauseum was 1980, maybe 81. Milt and I turned 13 in 1981, right? Am I doing the math right? Yeah. And yeah. so we, what, did we, what do you do when you turn 13 when you're in suburban Jewish town? You go to a ton of bar mitzvahs. We had this guy who was literally like a wedding singer his name was Bobby Marcus. And for some reason, everybody hired the schmuck to work their bar mitzvah. This was before the days when you would hire DJs. And the guy came, I kid you not, crushed velvet, like hair way too long. And he played New York, New York at least twice during the course of the of the bar mitzvah. Stad spread. And it really is. Yes. It's, a cla- it's a lounge song, right? It but it's is. good. And it's yet, the best. Guys, it's best Fantastic. I hate and to say it. Thank you. I had to shove it, <laughs> guys. Right. I had to shove it. Yeah. All right. That's it for the substitution because Dave doesn't count. Um, but now we're going to bring back a, uh, a category we haven't done in a while. And that is the category. That's right, Dave. I've got this hat that's been dormant for the last few months. Break out the so hat. We're going to choose Jimmy, a category cue the hat. and see if the songs on this countdown could fit this category. And Are you Ed, ready, boys? Yeah, and Ed gets to vote as well. Okay. Yeah. Is this song title mm. something that you would shout out at a moment of intimacy and climax? <laughs> So it's so wait, could this, could each one of these songs, could it be something that you exclaim in the throes of passion in, in throes bed, of passion in an intense moment with a loved one in bed? Yes. Okay. That is correct. All right. Okay. You ready? It's delicate. But let's let me, do it. let me, I'll, I'll say the, the, the name okay. in the tone that it would be said in. Ready? Okay. She's out of my life. <laughs> nope. No, nope. No, that's not going to no. work. No. Cupid. <laughs> Just Cupid? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ed? Yeah. I'm on the I'm on the Oh, God, this is bad. That's the biggest part of me. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Steal away. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm not done with biggest part of me because if <laughs> we the held biggest off part of me, that is. Give me the biggest part of you, honey. It's the biggest part of me, honey. Okay. That's pretty good. Steal away. No, no, probably mm-hmm. not. Probably not. Little genie. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Wait a minute. That could be the name of a pet name for 
little, you know, little genie. Yeah. Give me a little, little genie, genie honey. No. <laughs> no. Does it work for you? No. I'm going against the wind. <laughs> uh, maybe. Melt. Against the wind. No. That could be some, something in the Although, Kama Sutra I'm not aware of. It sort of implies friction, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Wait a minute. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Okay, honey, now let's do it against the wind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still rock and roll to me. Uh, That's a good thing. Too long. It's too much. Yeah. The Rose. <laughs> yes. I yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't even have to do Funky Town? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've said that a couple of times, actually. Oh, no. Wait, hold on. Don't do that. Hold on. The Stay, hold on. Stay on. Stay on Funky Town. Funky. T- <laughs> it just reminds me of the scene in Anchorman, the, the fantasy sequence where, <laughs> where the, she screams at the Ron Burgundy character. Take me to Pleasure Town. And she goes, we're going, honey. <laughs> Take me to Funky Town. Okay. And then number one, yes. I don't even know if I need to say it, but coming up. Yeah. 100%. 100% winner. Now, if you said live at Glasgow while you were climaxing, <laughs> then your wife would have some questions for you. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. That this started That started of, slow, but it made a comeback. Started back. slow. I think yeah. it built. Yeah. built. Funky yeah. Town sort of owns it. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end of the pod here. And, of course, we have one final conversation. When you review this list, when you experience this top 10 of the week ending June 28th, 1980, do you guys consider this a time machine-worthy week? Ed, you go first. No. Oh. Oh, wow, a no. Okay, explain why. Uh, I mean, outside, outside of a couple really gems, these are all very forgettable songs in my mind. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's a very soft list. You know, you needed Funky Town in there in particular, and to a lesser extent, it's still rock and roll. To me, you needed it to sort of bring it, bring it up. Coming up, did that also. It's a very mellow, mellow list. That being said, with the exception of Cupid, you hear all these songs on soft rock radio, yacht rock radio, all of them. That's fair. I'm not so sure we can say. We made a mistake back in 1980. It just so happens, I think, the early 80s were in this weird transition time. We were post-disco. Mm. New Wave hadn't, and, and, and certainly grunge, but New Wave was just starting to hit the charts, so it wasn't making that massive dent. It was a weird transitional moment, I think. And Dave and I have talked about, the ter- and Ed, I think you may have even written in about this, the turn of centuries, I think, were these times of transition where we're just still trying to figure it out. But these songs are still being played. They are not, you may say they're forgettable, but they haven't been forgotten. Yeah. And and we've talked about this before, but it, it's, it's, it merits another podcast altogether and probably something by Malcolm Gladwell and not by the likes of us dopes. Right. But the, right. the fact that things change at the turn of a decade, it's like, why, it's just another year, right? No, because people might make decisions like, you know, no, let's do that. That's going to be for the next decade. Or they might, you know, be saving something up and like, it's a new decade. Let's really come out. Anyway, agree with you. Ed, how old were you in 1980, out of curiosity? Seven. Seven. Oh, that might be part of the problem. Yeah, see, we're a little it, bit it, older. It is, because I, I think I think we remember some of these songs fondly, kind of just because we were there, Milt, like, biggest part of me. Like, I don't, if I had heard that later in life, I don't think I, but because it was, like, always on the radio, and you, you heard it playing at the beach or whatever, same with Steal Away, same with the, the, the Spinner song. 
I, I think it, I like this. I, I'm voting yes. And I yeah, think part yeah, of it, though, admittedly, is out of just kind of nostalgia. Ed, can you give me a, just a quick falsetto? Make a wish, baby. <laughs> See, he probably doesn't know that. Come on, give it to me. I have to. I love that song. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. See that? And, and trust me, I know these. Like the one, though, the the gem on this list for me, though, is personally is the Cupid song. Cupid. Oh, we talked oh, about so, that. Okay. We, we were. I was ready to trash that song, but and because you know it's obviously it's like 1980 circa 1967, but it's, I love that song. It, it, we hadn't heard it in so long. We kind of smiled our way through it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I was wrong, Ed. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are wrong. You have appreciation. So we, but we said we haven't talked them into the week and melt your answer no, for the no. record i'm saying yes, yes i'm okay. saying yes not right. because they're great songs but they they have all stood up they're still around and they like i said they they may be uh forgettable but they haven't been forgotten and i'm kind of proud of that line and i'm copywriting it oh, circa boy. copyright 2020 and and ed i'm sorry the beastie boys were only eight years old in 1980 so they hadn't come out with anything so ed loves, the, ed loves his beasties Right. So does Melissa. Boys, I, I hope you don't mind my invading your Boston love fest here. Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Don't mind you. Me. There we go. As long as you don't mind us going out with dirty water. I do. I mind. <laughs> I know you do. But thanks for joining us, Ed. So look for pa- look for all episodes of Are You Not Entertained featuring Ed Nathanson at pod617.com or, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And Milt, what uh, tell us how to be part of the time machine engine how to become exactly. a machine exactly don't forget you can visit timemachinepod.com see all of our past episodes and sign up to be a time machine or to appear on this podcast that's www.timemachinepod.com or you can email us at top10timemachine at gmail.com either way there's tons you can do yeah do everything um great ride milt Great ride, Ed. Ed, we'll welcome you back someday when this stupid pandemic is over and we could be in person together. Can't wait. On behalf of Milt, my name is Dave. Thanks for listening to Past 10's Top 10 Time Machine. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Blah, blah, blah. And next week, Milt, we will start a new... <laughs> it's coming up! <laughs> oh, no. Thanks, Michael, uh, but no thanks.